All right, everybody, thank you for jumping on with us for our Jump Start podcast. I'm excited about our guest today who just, you know, is coming off her best month ever, a killer month, helping over 31 families for the month. I got Elizabeth Seguro of FFL Bridge, and um, it's a pleasure to have you, Elizabeth. Did I pronounce your, your name correct, or did I butcher it? You butchered it a little bit. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Um, the Spanish way is Segura, and the English way Segura. is Segura. Yeah. No, I want to go Spanish, Segura. Okay. Did I get that right that time? Yes, thank you. I've been working on rolling my R's and doing my NYAs <laughs> for years. So I'm just trying to keep up. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm definitely going the Spanish route when I'm offered the opportunity. Um, but, Elizabeth, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, but for our audience that's, you know, getting to know you, you t- can you tell us a little about your background, kind of what you've done in the past and, and how you found Family First Life? Sure. Um, so my background, um, I'm when I first, well, before I found out, right before I found about FFL, I was a school bus driver for special needs children, and I had done that for seven years. And also, I was working um, at a grocery store, stocking the shelves, and also I was uh, doing food delivery for like DoorDash, those type of services. Um, and so that was just before I learned about FFL and how I, I found out about FFL was um, Pam May, who's also part of Bridge. Um, she invited my husband to the business, and she did not invite me. <laughs> so I was a little bit missed. You know, why didn't you ask me? So I thought, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what this is. It, you know, is it, is it everything it was cracked up to be? So that's initially how I found out about it. Got it. So a friend of yours invited someone else and you invited yourself or how did that go? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just overheard, I was sort of standing there like a third wheel as my husband was being told how wonderful FFL was. And, and I was, and they weren't even taught, you know, I'm sure she meant no harm at all. She's a lovely person, Mm -hmm. but um, Mm -hmm. my husband's more outgoing than I am. So probably that was why she, approached him but I thought well I I could do this I think I could do this I I could be as good as him easy and guess what you know you're out there having your best month ever um I think that's that sounds pretty outgoing to me um I'm good with it (laughs) I'll find something to do with that Mm -hmm. level of outgoingness so I'm glad you're here um and you know in the process of you know, your journey, let's talk about it. You know, you started part-time, you went full-time. What was your start like? And then what was that transition like? Okay, so my journey from the moment I began FFL is what you're asking? Yes, correct. Okay, okay. So when I first started, I was very broke, even though I was working three jobs. I was at the time um, separated from my husband, so being a single mom and just trying to make ends meet. So I just jumped on the bandwagon because I was desperate for it to be true. So everything that Tyler and the other team told me, I just 
would believe it. Even I didn't know if it was true, but I thought it has it's better than what I'm dealing with. So they right. told me to buy certain kind of leads. I did that, which was the CRM. And they said, buy this much, and you're going to be on the phone this much. And so my start was just really going headlong from a faith perspective because I hadn't experienced it yet. And so it was, I guess, the typical start where you're on the phone a lot, and you're just you're making a, what appointments you can, and then you go to those appointments. And it was very slow for me. I was very much a slow starter as far as production. Now, my time, I put a lot of time into it. I just, it took a little longer for me to grasp all the concepts and the belief. And, and so I was making, you know, I was putting, helping families, but it was slower. I would, I would say I was kind of a turtle, but, you know, I think I've moved up to maybe a rabbit now. So. <laughs> nice. And what would you attest to some of the things you put into place to get yourself speed up um really it was just anything my upline told me to do I just did it and I, I asked a lot of questions um, I, I always wanted tried to work really really hard as far as the amount of time I put in because I I figured if I work real hard then they'll see that and then they'll make time for me because I know they're really busy and if you work hard then they'll say well you're you know, I'll be able to make a little time for you because I see that you're really, you know, trying to be out there. So that's the way I approached it. Um, and just keeping buying more leads and getting better on the phones. I listened to probably thousands of hours, it feels like, of of the YouTube training that we have. I was doing that even when I was mm. studying for my exam. As a school bus driver, I would record myself reading the study material and I would listen to that on the bus. But then also I would listened to a lot of the trainings just while I was driving and in an earpiece and um, it just 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 immersing myself in it trying to become every make every element of who I am to become FFL and just through practice really putting myself out there and just practicing it calling my upline after I leave a home if I didn't help the family and getting advice on what I could have done better and 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 things like that and just never accepting where I was at as being good enough as far as just keep going. You know, I, I haven't reached the pinnacle. Just keep striving and learning and growing. I love it, man. That is so awesome. You know, um, okay. The mindset of if I work hard, they'll, they'll, they'll find time for me. I think it's great. Um, I think they would have found time for you anyway, but I love that that was your approach. But secondly, you know, you're already working three jobs, you know. So how did you find time for this? What did you move to the side? And then, you know, there's people out there working two, three jobs, and they're, they're looking for an opportunity. What did you see that made you say, this is my opportunity? And then what, did, what made you start moving things around and, and making this a priority? Um, just one minute of background to answer that. Uh, most of my life, I've um, I've always had a lot of self-doubt just because of different events that have occurred. And so I did not have any belief in myself. But the thing that propelled me with Family First Life was the belief that other people had in me, um, you know, 
even from the beginning when I spoke with Tyler on the phone and we had that reach-out call and he was explaining it to me, and I thought, if this could just be true, and that was the only thing that drove me was the if, like I guess the mustard seed, if you will, um, that mm. if this could just be true. And I thought, I have reached the pinnacle of what I'm going to reach as a bus driver. It's not like you can get promoted up to the next level of bus driver. So, you know, and and I didn't have a college education, okay? So I'm like, all the jobs out there where I could provide really well for my son, um, they weren't accessible to me because I didn't have a degree. Um, So I thought I'm going to make this work somehow. And I just was so desperate to have a chance. I never thought I deserved a better life. I never thought I could be more than what I was just again, because of just things that had happened. But I just thought, what if, what if there's a little small nugget and it worked for these people and it worked for those people, all the different podcasts I'd listened to. And it was just truly out of desperation that I could actually be successful, that I maybe I did deserve it. Um, and, and so with, I, made, I, I doubled my time. So here we say when you make a decision, you want to, if you help one family, maybe then when, when you receive your, you know, your pay for that, maybe now the next time you can help two or three families. So having that return. Mm-hmm. Um, on your investment of time. I looked at it that way at the beginning too. What can I do to make my time work more for me? So as driving a bus, you just do a lot of driving. So I can either listen to the radio or or a news program, or I can listen to training. Or I would, like I said, I would read the study material to myself, record myself reading it, and then listen to it as I'm driving to really get it into my brain. Um, As a bus driver, you don't, don't have to think a whole lot. So my brain was kind of mush. So I had to teach myself to study and learn. And, like, like I got to listen to it seven or ten times so I can get this in my brain so I can pass these segments of the study material. And so I did that. Um, so I was double u- utilizing my time. And then I would do the same thing at the uh, the grocery store when I was stocking the shelves. I'd be listening, just, just learning and learning and learning. And then, um, you know, and I still fit in a little bit of time with my family. and. Luckily, though, all the work I was doing, I could listen to audio. So even delivering food, I could, again, listen in the car. (laughs) Um, So that's really just what I did. I just took the time I had and just kind of doubled it up in a sense of what I was doing with the time. That's that's awesome. Now, are you full-time with us right now? I am. I was full-time starting in January of this year, 2022. And you officially quit bus driving? I did. I remember driving, and I was having so many um, situations that were giving me struggles with uh, different people in, in the industry. And I just got this piece that came over me because at first I was like, well, I'm just going to finish out this year, and then I'll eke into family first life. But I just felt like God told me, and I, I know some people aren't religious, but for me, I felt like God gave me this piece that said, just let it go and just trust it's going to be okay. Um, just don't go back after the new year. Just go into go into this. I've brought you to this. This is where I want you. And so I just wow. never went back after the holiday break. Wow. And um, you, you describe it as a piece. Um, 
and obviously that's the peace of God that, that was able to give you that. Did you have any anxiety as you made that full decision? Not the decision itself. It, the When I was in the moment afterward, when I actually turned in my resignation, of course, there's that little moment where you're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. I really did feel like I just felt like God was going to take care of it. And I don't know how to explain it another way because I am a religious person. So, And it wasn't mm -hmm. a stupid decision. I prayed about it really hard. And I had told God mm -hmm. a while back, I'm like, can I please just have a job where I could really be self-sufficient <laughs> and not have to depend, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, and it just felt like that's what it was. And, and even how I heard about it, you know, I felt like God just brought it to me. That is unbelievable. And, um, you know, makes sense. Now, you know, you had to do something to become successful. Um, so what, are some, what is your mindset towards the phones? What is your mindset towards your schedule? What is your mindset towards leads that has allowed you to, to kind of catapult yourself here? Okay. Um, so initially my mindset with the phones, and I'll, I hope it's okay to say, I went into it completely clueless, um, except for Tyler had just started doing live dials for our team, and that was just such a blessing. I was listening to that on the bus too. <laughs> and so I'm mm. like, okay, this is so cool. I can, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, I, I heard people get hung up on and different things. And I'm like, okay. Um, when I actually got into it, I was very excited. And then the very first phone call I made, I actually booked the appointment. It was so wild. Mm. Um, but after that, that very first dial day, full disclosure, I just, it was rough because they were um, the leads were they were older and all leads work if you work all leads and I did I did subscribe to that idea but they was it was tough and I took a couple cry breaks I called Pam my friend who's in the business and I'm like I don't know what I'm gonna do and she's like it's okay just keep going so mm -hmm. and I did and I was I was I was on the phone probably 12 or 13 hours that day and I booked four appointments and so. I believed, again, I just believed what people told me, which is if you stay on the phone long enough, somebody's going to say yes. If you call enough people, somebody's going to pick up the phone. Track your mm. dial. I tracked everything. Track your dials. Track your objections. Track this. Track that so we can see where to help you, see where your weak points are. So that was my process with the phone. And, the, and with my schedule, that was trial and error. You know, at first I would just go to the appointments that I booked because I was so scared to door knock. I love it now. It's my favorite thing in the world to do. I love door knocking. Mm. But anyway, um, but if, if I'm unable to fill my schedule after dialing, then when I'm out in the field, I go to my appointments. But in between, I am door knocking. I have separate my leads into zip code, and I have it set up where I know I'm going to go to these places in between. To, uh, and I try to get in the homes then. If I can't, I just book an appointment off of it. And so I try to work. I follow the FFL schedule, which Monday, Thursdays, you're dialing, and then mm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, you're in the field. And I try to stay in the field, you know, probably 10, 11 hours throughout the day um, on those run days. And, um, of course, try to take Sunday. At first, I was working Sundays, but then I was still a little bit burnt out, so I just decided to keep Sunday for myself. Um, but my mindset really is just that if I'm not working, I'm being lazy 
and I would just kick myself in the mm-hmm. butt. I can't, I just can't be lazy. And I have to work hard enough where if I need, and no one's told me this, but if I need someone's help, I want them to think they're investing in something that's worthwhile. I'm not just trying to pick their brain for nothing because they're busy. Everyone's busy, not too busy to help, but if you're not going to work hard, then maybe they can help someone else who is working really hard because that person probably needs it more because they're more invested. And I wanted to be a person considered as worthy of investing in as far as a time perspective. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, listen, I love your approach, and it's clearly working. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Clearly working. (laughs) Now, when you get down, I mean, working, you're working a lot, work ethic, and look, is there no secret that work ethic is the is the is the key ingredient to this? Like, oh, you know, you're not 100%. having pity parties. Like, t- talk to people who 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 will tell you up the wazoo they're going to work hard and never do. And the fact that you know you're not a victim, you're not sitting here saying, "What was me? I wish the leads were better." Somehow I, w-, you know, you're not doing any of that. You're making the best of every situation. Can you speak to to that right now? Uh, Yes, I I would love to do that. So my background as someone who has never had a good self-worth up until Family First Life, who has always, um, outside of my mom, has been poured into in somewhat of a negative fashion, um, I had to initially take the belief that others had in me until I could kind of feel it myself. And so I just said, I'm going to do the one thing that I know I can do, which is I can decide to work. Um, I heard once that if you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. And in FFL, there are things we know to do. We know get on the phone, dial. If you hate dialing, do it anyway, but then door knock. If you you suck at dialing, door knock more than you dial, as long as you're working. So I just – I because I worked so hard as far as time – um, I kind of just think that, you know, it's just a natural that anybody who this is important to, they're going to work, they're going to work that hard as well. So if you are having a moment where you're having a, a down day, maybe you're sitting in your car like me, I'm kind of a, I'm a crier. So if something goes wrong, I'm going to sit in my car and cry for a second. But Jen, you just take five minutes and then you just get back to it because the worst thing you can do when you want to quit is to actually quit because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of the worst kind. You're having a bad day. It doesn't have to stay a bad day. If you will just keep going, um, you will eventually feel better. You will eventually help another family. You will eventually buy more leads. You will eventually, it'll be a new day. But if you just stop, you're, you're going to fail, but it'll be because you decided to fail. The one thing I told Tyler is, I am not going to quit. That is my one non-negotiable. Mm. I'm not quitting. You're going to have to say, Elizabeth, you are you are not allowed to have access to the CRM. You cannot say that you work for FFL. You're going to have to drag me kicking and screaming because I'm not quitting unless someone else is forcing me to. And so that was just my bottom line, no matter what kind of day I was having. Um, and, of course, I pray a lot, and I'm – I mean, I do have a moment here and there where I do have a pity party, but I don't stay there. I mean, because we're human. Mm. We're, whether you're got male or female, you're going to have moments where you're mad. I don't break things. I cry. So, but just, you just have to keep going. You know, you, you, have to, you have to keep going, and you have to trust and believe in the people who are pouring into you. 
Um, and this is the one thing I'll say about it. Um, it's kind of like the parable in the Bible of the sower, where you throw out the seeds of faith and some falls on the stony ground, some mm. thorny, some shallow, some rich. Well, all the faith that people pour into you, all the training, all the motivation, those are the seeds, and we are the soil. I'm the soil. I, I was thinking of this the other day. What kind of soil am I cultivating myself to be? Am I the um, stony ground where, nope, I'm doing it my way, forget you, I've got a better way? Am I the thorny where, you know, I think about it and I discard it? Am I the shallow soil where I take the advice, but then the moment it doesn't work, I'm like, oh, forget this, it's over? Or am I the rich soil where I let it just soak in and I'm implementing everything people are telling me and I'm reaching out for help? I'm always striving to do better. I'm always keeping going. And so I really want to be that rich, fertile ground as far as the people pouring into me. I want them to see that their investment of time is fruitful, not that they just wasted it. That's fantastic. And, you know, when you're in the home, what are some things you're doing to deliver this message and to position families to make good decisions and getting life insurance protection for themselves? Um, I have I have progressed over time uh, with how I do my in-home, but I really feel it works best if I'm completely direct and completely honest, but in a genuine way. So when I talk to them, I set the table, excuse me, and I'll say, I'm not here, I'm not trying to sell you something. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over some options. We'll see what you pre-qualify for. Um, I don't get to make the decision the carrier does. However, if we do find something that's a good fit, I definitely can help you request it. And then I just ask them, you know, please be very honest with me about your health because I had a client who wasn't and they got declined and it was horrible for the family. And so they always look really wide-eyed about that. But I'm like, just please, I said, there's no judgment. I just I just want to help you, um, and if if it's not going to be a good fit, I, I won't even bring on a client if it's if it's not going to be a good fit for both of us. But my goal here today is to see what you need and help you fill in the gaps. And so that's sort of kind of how I set the table. And then I always show them my financial inventory sheet, and I say I'm just going to take notes because I don't have a photographic memory. Um, but don't worry, and they'll ask me, is there a credit check? No, there's no credit check. <laughs> I say, but your health is like your credit, so we want to kind of get, get that down and see what's available to you. Um, and every family is different, so I just, I'm just really honest with them. I'm really, I'm really genuine. I don't try to trick anybody. Not, I'm not saying anyone does, but I don't try to trick anyone, and I'm not good at being a fake. And I just tell them up front, I'm going you know, to ask, ask for some, your social, because that's how we verify who you are. Um, and they're going to, when we look at the pre-screen, we're going to do a courtesy check of your bank account to make sure no fraud has been attempted on that. And everyone's always real happy when nothing pops up. And I said, so that's what we're going to do, you know, and then we just go through it. And that direct approach generally lends for people, you know what I'm saying? Like people let their guards down, you know, the number one thing they're afraid of is being sold. Obviously when you're direct, it's very hard to get the 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 inference that you're trying to sell them, like you're 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 being very direct, like <laughs> you're gonna leave it, like you know what I'm saying, yeah. like it's not like yeah, like, you now know you know you now know maybe you didn't know this early, but you now know like if they don't buy life insurance, 
it's really on them, not you. You're gonna you're going to go see the next family. You know exactly. I mean? like, you're gonna win it. You're gonna win regardless. You know, you're not eating. Steak yeah, I, I on, really do. I'm, on their mm-hmm. deal. Mhm. Yeah, I really do care about all of them, and I try to. Hopefully, that's always evidence when I sit with them. I do just have a genuine care for pretty much everybody that I sit with. That's awesome. Well, listen, thank you for sharing so much, Elizabeth. And uh, we appreciate you um, jumping on our Jumpstar podcast and sharing what it is that you do, your process. Uh, congratulations on your success and, and your continued success. So appreciate all you do. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate being on here. It's just a blessing. God bless everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you.